Welcome to the Lost Lake Farmer Podcast for this Tuesday, April 26th. Yesterday was a cheese-making day. I made a 98-gallon batch of Emmentaler. It is still in the press as we speak. Um, It was a very long day, partially because I got Again, it seems to be a theme recently, a later start than I wanted, but um, then milking has been taking a really long time recently with all these fresh cows that are taking a little bit longer to, to milk, and um, with all the mud, it's just taken a lot of extra time to get all the teats clean, and so it took, I don't know, like three and a half hours to get milking done. So there was, after the milk was pasteurized and cooled back down, there were like another extra two hours before I could get to it. So I got done at about 11.30 last night, but somehow I, for some reason, I thought it was a good day to do a test batch uh, parallel to my regular batch, um, which I did, um, but yeah, just added a little bit of extra craziness to the day. So I did a four-gallon test batch of raw milk cheese, so this won't be for sale because we are not ready to sell raw milk cheese until we have development ready and we've gotten full approval of our safety plan running raw milk and pasteurized milk cheeses side by side in the same facility approved by the inspectors. Um, But so I took that out before I started the pasteurization and um, then I used as a culture, I used collaborative milk. So I had been doing for the last several days, I had done, I had been doing a milk culturing, collaborating experiment. Um, I was, I took raw milk and I, well, I, I split it in two and half I left at room temperature and half I put in the oven on the breadproof setting so i don't know what the that exact temperature is but it's i don't know it's somewhere around 100 110 degrees i think it's what i use for um for yogurt when i make yogurt i use the breadproof setting on the oven um so that one in the oven uh, that was done warm of course cultured faster. Um, It also, I don't know, seemed to have better aroma and taste. They both on the first one had um, quite a bit of yeast aroma, but uh, the one at room temperature also had, after several days, after like five days, it had some some kind of pink, pink mold on the surface as well which is not, not really a desirable one for cheese. 
Um, I then took that clabber and um, took, I think I took a, a tablespoon of it and cultured uh, some fresh raw milk. So I actually hand milked it so it would never get refrigerated because some purists claim that um, for ideal milk quality, it should never be, it should never be refrigerated uh, because that affects the microbial population and the proteins and all kinds of things. Um, so I took a tablespoon into about, that was about a cup of raw milk, very fresh raw milk, and put that in the oven again on breadproof setting. And that, when that cultured, then it seemed like it took more of the lactic cultures and um, the there was not as much of the yeasty smell. And I also did that with the room temperature one, but the room temperature one still had some off off flavors and off aromas. I also, I smelled it and I tasted it. Um, but so then I took that that second one from the the oven that had been recultured. I used that as my culture for this test batch. And so part of what I am not sure of is the amount amount to use because I imagine it's pretty microbial active, but I have no idea how it compares to um, the freeze-dried cultures that I usually use. I mean, I know that it has more diverse things and I don't really know what exactly those are. And there isn't really any way to know for sure until, you know, if you're not, um, doing a bunch of lab tests on it, which is fine. If we don't, we'll, we'll just, before we, you know, go all the way, one of the things we'll do is pathogen testing to make sure that we're not culturing pathogens, but I highly doubt we are. If it has, generally, if it has, if the beneficial ones that, that, uh, are giving you lactic flavors, um, are flourishing, then they're, they should be out-competing the pathogenic bacteria that don't survive as well in an acidic environment. Um, and then, so I did a kind of a cheddar make, but it, um, it, it cultured for too long, basically, because... I, I I wanted to get ahead of the game on that one so that I could, so I cultured it on one of the earlier steps of pasteurization and I was, and then added rennet on, a, on another step. And um, I, I, I really wanted to be monitoring pH throughout that process and, and to, to be kind of measuring the microbial activity so because as the microbes are multiplying they're simultaneously um what's the term um fermenting which is causing the 
then the byproduct of that is the the lactic acid, which which is what makes makes the pH drop. So I I wanted to be monitoring that, but um, I I just between doing two steps and milking and all that stuff, um, I wasn't able to do that. I measured pH <clears throat> once um, at the end at um, at milling and salting, and the pH had already dropped lower than I wanted. So it could be that the flavor will not be ideal. It does also mean that it's um, in it's not fusing. It's not pressing quite as easily. That it doesn't fuse together quite as well when when the pH has dropped below about five two. And it was at 4.9, so, um, and remember, pH is a logarithmic scale, so 4.9 is, I don't know, I, I forget how logarithms work, but it's not, you know, so every 0.1 pH is not an equal drop. It's like each, you know, so 5.2 to 5.1, well, 5.1 to 5 is 10 times more acidity drop than 5.2 to 5.1. And 5 to 4.9 would be a 100 times more acidity increase than 5.2 to 5.1. I believe this how a logarithmic scale works. So 4.9 is uh, pretty acidic, but I, I, guess, I guess we'll see. I added a little bit of extra salt so, so that we're slowing it down faster. and pressed with a lot of weight and um so i guess we'll wait a few months and see how it goes i tasted some of the curds fresh and they were delicious so i know it tasted good so i guess we'll see that's um kind of our my my next venture um, well, maybe not next one, but it's it's something I've been working on on the side, thinking about here and there, and so I like the idea of not only the terroir of of the taste of our milk from what the cows are eating and the grass and all that thing, that stuff, and I I think our milk is the best milk I've ever had in my life, um, and but um, then when you add in the home source bacteria and there will be some yeasts present in there too um, but it will be dominated by the bacteria especially as it goes further into aging so um, it it should have um, you know a very different flavor profile that you couldn't you couldn't taste anywhere else other than Lost Lake Farm. So that excites me. And the reason I'm starting with a cheddar is because as a raw milk cheese, um, I want to have one that I can dry salt. So I want to do an aged cheese, of course, because it um, the U.S. regulations state that uh, cheese, raw milk cheese, has to be aged for 60 days or more. Um, and so I want to do a hard cheese. Um, people have done 
um, soft cheeses, but it's, I, I don't know how they do it. 60 days is a long time to age uh, like a camembert. Gets pretty, pretty intense at that point. Um, but I guess if you did like a triple cream, then that stabilizes it a little bit more. And maybe if you did it a bigger size, then it takes a little bit longer to get all the way to the center of the cheese. That's neither here nor there. I don't plan to do that. Um, I plan to continue to do, I really like our Camembert and Burke Oak cheeses the way they are. Uh, and I think it's a fitting, fitting style for our audience and not, not too, not too crazy or wild. But, um, so the cheddar, so that it uh, is, is dry salted. So it's salted in the curds before pressing as opposed to going in the brine so that the pasteurized and raw milk pieces would not be sharing the brine. And then we would have a dedicated aging shelf once we got to the point of doing large batches of it. So that's what's going on here today. The sun is shining, not much wind for first time in a while. I'm in the middle of finishing off a cow, so that's why I'm droning on here for a little bit until I can get over to where my phone is. I set it on the step over there. Okay, Helene, looks like you're done. All right, thanks for listening. I'm Kevin. Our theme music is from Revolving Parlor. Enjoy. Mm-hmm.